Before I get into great new science this week, I want to make a brief comment about a story that I saw on a website called Disability Scoop. But this story has also made its way to some local newspapers, and I don't know how many people have seen it. It's about a company called LabCorp patenting a new test to diagnose autism. You may have all heard about the company LabCorp. They're one of the major healthcare companies that runs tests on blood and urine for anything from basic health information to diagnosis of a condition or even an illness. You might have gone there for a strep test. You might have gone there to get some pre-surgical blood work. They also do drug testing for companies. They've decided to get into the autism space, which is a good thing. Years ago, they invested in a smaller company, SynapDX, which had their own studies looking at possible genetic tests to diagnose autism. The goal would be to provide a more valid diagnosis for those people whose autism behaviors are not totally obvious to pediatricians. They're not the ones that are considered the waiting room autism, where any pediatrician can just walk out and tell this person has autism. SynapDX conducted large, well-designed trials of blood collected from families affected by autism. It's possible that through their investment, they'd have some insider information on what the SynapDX studies found. They've also been working with a researcher named Mark Baer, who is a leading neurobiologist who helped get a company called Seaside Therapeutics started. Seaside conducted the clinical trials around a study called Arbaclofen, which showed to improve some features of autism, but just not up to the snuff of the Food and Drug Administration, who rejected their claim that it was effective in treating autism. That all being said, I read the story and I understand the questions from people. First of all, I want to tell you that LabCorp did not issue this press release. A very, very persistent reporter got a hold of a notice that a patent was being filed and went to town. Surprise, surprise, surprise. But a representative of LabCorp was more than willing to respond to my email and get in touch with me when I reached out about a comment because I want the right information to get out there and so do they. The story itself, if you read it, is all about what a blood-based diagnostic tool could do and how it may improve the lives of people with autism. This is all fine. Clearly, they're looking to research this further, just like other companies are researching it. But it got the public worked into a frenzy about the immediacy of the availability of this test and what it would mean for things like insurance, public health, and access to services. It did strike me as odd that this story didn't have any definitive information about the test itself or how it would be used, just words like could and may. That's because it's still to be determined. And my guess is that LabCorp wants to get the patent first and then do some additional studies to see how and if it should be used as a diagnostic tool. So if you were curious about that, stay tuned. It's not the end of the story. It's probably not even halfway through the story about using blood-based markers to help with an autism diagnosis. While the story was accurate in that it didn't make any claims, it was also the lead in some media outlets, which is misleading by itself. Anyway, anyway, do with what this little bit of information what you wish. So now on to solid science. Clinicians have long known that the combination of parent report and clinical observation is the best way to diagnose autism in people that either have autism or don't have autism. But there are signs and symptoms of autism even before a diagnosis can be made, anywhere between 12 to 18 months of age. Like diagnostic tools, there are actually instruments based on parent report and clinician observation which assess the early signs and symptoms of autism and likelihood of a diagnosis. 
The parent one is called the Autism Parent Screen for Infants, and the one completed by a trained clinician is called the Autism Observation Scale for Infants, or AOC. Each takes about 20 minutes to complete, and they target generally the same types of behavior. The parent screen asks questions like, does your child use gestures? The AOC sets up situations so things like social communication can be measured. I'd like to point out that both of these tools were developed by a group of talented, brilliant, dedicated, and collaborative clinician scientists who work all across Canada. The two measures do share 19 questions like social interaction, eye contact, eye gaze, social smiling, repetitive motor behaviors, or sensory behaviors, and sharing the same interests as other toddlers. Remember, these are not specifically autism, but they're early signs and symptoms that are when are absent or abnormal are red flags for autism, and both are crucial to help identify children who may have a high probability of a diagnosis. So a new study used the baby siblings research design and made diagnosis at three years of age in infants with an older sibling with autism. Remember, some of these are later diagnosed with autism, about 20%, and some are not. They administered both of these tools to all younger siblings of hundreds of children across Canada to see if one was more informative or if they should both be used. As it turns out, there were three items on both that were informative in predicting a diagnosis. They're responding to name, eye contact, and hand-eye coordination. Responding to name has just been shown to be a valid predictor of diagnosis and needs to make its way into standard early measures of red flags. Hand-eye coordination is actually a new one. There were others that were helpful in the parent version, others in the observational version. But the reason I wanted to share this study with you is because of this. The comparison of measures on the parent measure and the observational measures at one year and one and a half years of age showed that parents ranked more items that were later signals of autism compared to just the observational score. Also, remember there were three items that overlapped? Well, that's not really great. Of all of them, only three, the researchers want you to know that prospective parent reports are informative for early signs of autism by 12 months of age to make the predictive ability of the observational measure better. But why listen to me? You can listen to the first author, Lori Sacri, at University of Alberta. She was gracious enough to describe the findings to us. I want to thank Lori and her colleagues at University of Alberta who really hustled to get this summary to us. The article literally came out on a Tuesday, and she got it to me by Friday. So thank you so much. So here's Dr. Sacri. Autism is often not diagnosed until age four or later, and we know we can do better. Until recently, studies looking at early signs relied on parent recall or home videos to describe what autism looked like during infancy and toddlerhood. Parents have led the way in informing the field about early signs, but until recently, it hasn't been possible to talk to parents at the time they have first concerns, and this was often years before the child was referred for assessment. Recent studies have taken the approach of learning about early signs of autism by following younger siblings of children who have a diagnosis of autism. Younger siblings, or baby siblings, are at an increased risk of also being diagnosed with autism, about one in five as reported by a research study led by Dr. Sally Ozanoff with the Baby Siblings Research Consortium. 
Our group here in Canada uses this approach. As a part of our study, we collect information from multiple sources, including by speaking with parents who know their child the best of anyone and have many experiences with them across a variety of environments, as well as clinicians who know a great deal about development, but often are only able to see the child for brief clinical visits. Because of this, I was interested in looking at agreement between parent ratings of early signs of autism with clinician observations of those same behaviors. We were able to directly compare parent and clinician ratings of the children when they were 12 months of age and again later when they were 18 months of age using two assessments that asked about the same 19 early signs of autism. These included things like responding to name, engaging in eye contact, unusual sensory interests, and reactivity. What we found was striking. Parents and clinicians had poor agreement across these 19 signs, with parents identifying a higher number of behaviors related to autism compared to clinicians. Now, parents and clinicians both identified prompted behaviors, such as responding to name, but parents provided additional relevant information that was less likely to be observed in a clinical visit, such as unusual sensory behaviors or repetitive behaviors. These reports support a large body of research, including studies by our Canadian Baby Siblings Research Group over the past few years, that parents of children with autism are remarkably skilled at recognizing when something isn't quite right with their child's development. We have seen this with open-ended discussions with parents using our concerns form right from six months of age and with our parent questionnaire, which was used in this study about detecting concerns predictive of autism by six months of age. The current study suggests that parents, at least those who already have a child with autism, may recognize early features that may be missed during brief interactive assessments, even by an expert clinician. This research highlights the importance of parents raising their concerns with their family doctor or pediatrician, and for healthcare providers to ask parents about their child's development and listen to their concerns. So it isn't about better or worse. It's about listening to parent concerns and structuring questions so that they can think specifically about what those concerns are. Don't just ask parents, are you concerned? This is more evidence that universal screening for autism at early age is needed. Finally, I want to tell you something of note from the journal Autism. More and more people with autism are starting to take offense and actually reject the ideal of the puzzle piece as a symbol of autism. One point that they make is that by portraying autism as a puzzle piece, it's implying that there's something about people with autism that is missing. Another point is that the puzzle piece conveys that autism is a problem requiring a solution. This is obviously insulting to autistic adults, and I can understand why. Autistic adults also claim that the puzzle piece is used to embody a childhood condition, which is not true. Of course, autism is a lifelong condition. Whether you agree with these interpretations or not, there have been studies that have interviewed and quantified responses in groups of people with autism that show these opinions to be true across multiple people. In other words, it's not just the angry email of one person. Other people have expressed this opinion as well. So the journal Autism has responded and written an editorial to explain why that they have changed their logo and it's no longer a puzzle piece. As our knowledge and understanding of autism has evolved, they argued that they wanted to do the same. They want to improve dissemination and evolve, and they updated their logo in consultation with adults with autism. Specifically aside to the puzzle piece, our understanding of autism has evolved, expanded, and it's clear that the feelings of autistic adults with autism are different from those of parents, and we should make efforts to be inclusive, not exclusive, and to encourage participation and research from the whole community. Maybe it's just time for a messaging refresh and the journal Autism has taken the lead. 
I'm including the open access editorial link explaining why they've made this change in the podcast summary. Thank you for listening this week, and I'll talk to you next week.